Hey Harbour City and friends, whoever's watching this today, I just want to send all of my love to you uh, this morning and just say how I miss seeing your faces and miss being in person, worshipping with you, catching up with you, and I hope that you're doing really, really well. But if you're not, I just want to say, please let us know if there's something we can pray for, if there's a way we can support you, uh, if there's something you need, or if you're struggling at the moment, let me know, let, let your life group leader know, let a friend in the church know, please don't go through this time alone. I know some of us are struggling significantly, maybe for others, we're, we're fine, you know, not much has changed for us over the last while, but the church is a family, and this is a time where we can serve one another and build one another up in love by meeting each other's needs and supporting each other. Uh, I'm recording this on Saturday afternoon, so I'm not sure what Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday evening will hold for us in terms of level four lockdown or adjustments or changes for the country. But I do know that our COVID numbers and infections and deaths and just the percentage of people who seem to be positive are being tested is high. And I just trust that you are staying safe and are doing okay. And if there is anything we can do to support you or love you, let us know. Uh, I've been praying through Paul's pastoral prayers and the different epistles for Harbour City, uh, praying for you guys by name, praying through those specifically for our community, that God would work the things that Paul prays for the churches that he pastored and led, praying those things for you. And I just want to know that God is good and he loves us and he cares about us even in the midst of the difficulty we're going through. Now we are carrying on with our Eat This Book series this morning and Jamie is preaching his last part in the series. I think he's been a gift to us over the last couple of weeks. This is his third message in the series and his messages have built us up in the Word and helped us to know what the Scriptures are and how Christians engage with them and how they form us into the people of God. And today's message from him I think will be really practical, just helping you to get into some of the nitty gritties of Scripture. But I do also want to say this Thursday night we've got a second equip night bible equip just helping you to read the bible better and more fully and get the most out of it and jamie's going to be teaching that too doing a, a training time around lectio divina uh, which is a, a practice the church is engaged in for a long long time uh, it really just means spiritual reading it's a way of reading the scriptures which i think will help you to get more out of the text than maybe the way you normally do so join us on thursday night at seven on youtube it'll be set for a YouTube premiere. But this morning, uh, Jamie's going to be sharing and just helping you to engage with the Bible and just the practice of reading it. So I want to pray for us and our hearts and just ask God to meet you where you're at as you watch this today. Father, we um, are grateful for your word as such a gift to us. And Lord, we want to know what it is. We want to know how to read it. We want to know how to respond to it and be a people that are shaped by it. And I ask you for that, even today, that you would take away mindsets which are unhelpful and form new ones which are helpful for us in knowing you through your word. As Jamie speaks, I pray, use his message to build us up individually and as a church and build us up to know you and follow you and love you and live as your disciples. We thank you for that, Lord. And just uh, we think of the many different needs of our church and our city, people scattered all around Durban. And we just ask you this morning, Lord, that you would be our comforter, that you would be our rock, that you would be our fortress and our strength, and that you would meet with us in our places of pain, our places of need, our places of gratitude and joy, and that you would be all we need, Lord God, that you would be our sustainer 
that you would be our source, that, that you would meet us in those places and strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Church Online again. And uh, it's, it's really been great preaching this uh, series with Grant here at Harbour City. And this is my, my last uh, sermon in, in this series that I'll be preaching. And uh, my topic today is the Bible and practice. So we're going to be really covering a whole bunch of practical stuff. But uh, before we do that, um, I want to just read two passages of Scripture and then we'll get into the thing. So the first one is from Psalm, uh, Psalm 1. It's pretty uh, common. People, it's, it's, it's a pretty popular text. Um, and then I'm going to read the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So Psalm 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. And then at the end of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he tells us almost parable. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. If you were uh, been following this series, the series, I did the second message of uh, the series, which looked at the Bible and spiritual formation. And if you listen to that, there, were, there was a part there where we looked at a passage in Nehemiah, Nehemiah 8. And what we see in that passage in Nehemiah 8 is that the people rediscover the Bible. Um, and so Ezra gets up, he reads the Bible, the people engage with uh, the, the scriptures, and we see how that brings about this revival, that brings about this spiritual renewal that takes place uh, in the people of God in Israel at that time. Uh, and so the people are engaging, reading, engaging with the scriptures, and then they end, it ends up changing how they live. And that's because what we see is that a good practice of reading the scriptures always results in the practice, I think, like a good practice of living out the scriptures. And when we think of the Bible and practice, we are essentially thinking about these two things. How do we read the Bible and how do we live out the Bible? And in my sermon today, what I'm trying to do or trying to help us with, and, and, and hopefully in a, a really practical way, I'm trying to help us answer these two questions and hopefully give you some tools in which you can then go about and uh, read the Bible and then allow the Bible to shape how you live. Live out the Bible. Live out what you've read. So the question is then, how do we read the Bible? What is, how does the practice of reading the Bible 
look or how can you and um, I mean I'm always asking this of myself but how can we read the Bible at home engage with it in a, a better more meaningful way and uh, I think probably the reality is is that most of us uh, have challenge with reading the scriptures. It's either because we don't know what to read or, or maybe we don't understand what we're reading or maybe we feel like our lives are just too busy. But there, there is a challenge when it comes to reading the scriptures. And so today what we want to do is try to just give us some helpful things to help us learn how to read the Bible in a deeper way. So I've got uh, a few points. I've got uh, six points of how to read the Bible. Bible, and hopefully this will help you. The first is that we read the Bible humbly. Um, and what I mean by that is that we don't read the Bible to master the scriptures. We are not there like a, um, a person trying to master a subject, being the best at understanding a subject than anyone else. Instead, we read the Bible with humility. And by that, what I mean is we read the Bible to be mastered by the scriptures. Um, and, and it kind of looks like this, is that we don't stand over the scriptures trying to impose our genius on them. Instead, we stand humbly underneath the scriptures, asking the scriptures to, as, God, as Grant spoke about last week, asking the scriptures to assert their authority on our lives. One of the things that I like to do when I, when I read the passage is there's this verse in Psalm 119 uh, and it says this, open my eyes so that I may see wonderful things uh, in your word. I like to pray that and part of the reason why I like to pray that is because it's the understanding that actually I am not the master of this literature. I'm not the master of this text. I need God who is the master of it to open my eyes to um, see the wonder that is in the scriptures. So when we read the Bible, one of the ways or one of the things that I think that we need to do is we need to hum read the Bible with humility. We humbly read the scriptures. We, we understand that we are not here to master the subject of the scriptures, but rather be mastered by the God of the scriptures. The second point is that we read the scriptures thoughtfully. Um, so we read the scriptures thoughtfully. This obviously seems like um, an obvious statement. I mean, what kind of reading do we do that doesn't require some form of thought? But, uh, but I think it is worth noting because if you're anything like me, I've done this many times. I've woken up in the morning. Um, I like to get my coffee, drink my water, whatever. And, and then I go and sit on this couch and uh, this couch often is by the, the lounge window, so it, it's too dark now, but in summer I'll open up the window and look out and I'll find myself, I'll read a passage and whether it's because I'm tired or because I'm uh, worried about things that are happening in the day, I would have read a whole chapter, got to the end of it, looked out the window and asked myself, what did I just read? Like, what was that about? Not like no comprehension. I, it's like I just got into the activity of reading um, that I didn't actually thoughtfully, slowly engage with uh, 
the scriptures. And sometimes this is how we engage the Bible. We engage the Bible with this idea that it is a book to be consumed. We need to get through it. We need to read it from beginning to end. Or maybe we've got a Bible reading plan and we need to read our three chapters a day or our four chapters a day, however many it is. And, and we approach the Bible as if it's something just to be consumed, just to do. We need to get from the start to the end. And uh, as long as we're getting from the start to the end, we, we are doing our job. But actually, uh, if we want to engage with the scriptures in any kind of serious way, if we want to read the scriptures properly, we can't just get through the content, like trying to make our way through the novel. We need to think through, deeply think through the passage. It is not like a run. Reading the scriptures, it's not like going on a 10k run. We don't start here and then just push ourselves, get to the end and feel like we've done a good job. The scriptures are a text that we need to think through deeply. So we read the scriptures thoughtfully. It means we stop, we pause, we slowly think, uh, engage with, we ask questions of, we carry a, a notebook maybe when we're reading the Bible. We jot down some thoughts. We um, One of the things that I like to do is I've got a notebook. Um, sometimes I, I do this in my margin, but I have a pen and a notebook when I'm reading the Bible. And I like to jot down any questions that I have of a text. And sometimes I find those questions get answered uh, later on in, in my reading, maybe a, a week or two later, or sometimes I need to ask someone about it. Sometimes I'll do some research on it, but I just like to any questions that pop up? Why was there a pillow in the boat when Jesus was uh, sleeping in the boat during the storm? You know, I, so I'd go, who are the Nephilim? You know, as a as a random kind of uh, of question. But I'll ask questions. I'll jot down thoughts. I will thoughtfully engage with what I am reading. Uh, this series is named after a book by Eugene Peterson called "Eat This Book," and uh, this. Honestly, there's this illustration in the book that I absolutely love. Eugene Peterson tells a story about his dog who's lying on the grass, chewing on his bone. And while he's chewing on this bone, like absolutely savoring and enjoying this bo bone, there's like this, there's this growl underneath uh, that you can hear, you know, like coming from his throat while he's chewing this growl, this growl of delight, of enjoyment, of savoring this bone that he's chewing. And and the reason why he tells that st story, he said, was because he was reading through the, the book of Isaiah. And there was this part uh, in Isaiah where it talks about as the lion growls or roars over its prey. And that word there, that roar, that, that growl, that uh, uh, thing is the same word, hugger, for the word meditate. So when we read in Psalm 1 that, uh, you know, blessed is the man who meditates on your scripture, on your law, day and night, that word meditate, hugger, is not like this idea that sometimes we have of like meditating as like just being in quiet, just trying to find peace, meditate, you know, like what does it mean to meditate on the scriptures? Eugene Peterson gives us this idea that to meditate is like a dog growling over its bone. It's savoring and enjoying and engaging with this thing that it finds great enjoyment in.
And when we read the Bible thoughtfully, it's like the same thing, meditating, savoring, enjoying, thinking through the text, asking questions of the text, um, engaging with the text, finding out answers, delighting in. We want to read the Bible thoughtfully. Sometimes that means that we have to read the Bible a little bit slower than we're reading it now. Sometimes that means we can't just jump from book to book, chapter to chapter, fly through the Bible, consuming it like we do everything else. We have to force ourselves to stop and slow down and think and engage with. Um, Then the third point is that we read the Bible systematically. Um, and uh, a question I like to ask uh, different people is what kind of Bible reader are you? And, and what I mean by that is I, I think there's a whole bunch of, of different uh, Bible readers. One of them, which is one of my favorites, I call it the shotgun Bible reader. So someone uh, will be wake up in the morning or maybe they've decided during the day they're going to read their Bible. So they pull out their Bible and they're like, okay, what should I read? And they just open to anywhere. And it says, their people drained of power are dismayed and put to shame. And you're like, what does that mean? You know, I don't know if I like that. So we jump to another thing. And it says, in the 37th year of the exile of Jericho, king of Judah. And you're like, I'm 37. I'm not actually, I've just turned 38. But you you know what I mean? We... It's called the shotgun Bible reader. It's someone who just jumps around. Maybe that's how you read the scriptures. Um, Some are what I call the repeat visitor Bible reader, which is you've got your favorite text. Maybe it's your favorite song. Maybe it's uh, your favorite parable. Maybe it's uh, your favorite chapter in the Bible, like Romans 8, which so many people enjoy. Um, And you find yourself reading those passages Every time you read the scripture, you're like a frequent visitor. You find the parts that you like and you keep on going back to those. Um, Some is like what I I call the non-visitor visitor. Uh, It's someone who doesn't actually read the Bible, but they read the Bible through their daily devotion. So maybe you've got a daily devotion and at the top of your daily devotion is a scripture or maybe even a passage. So a few scriptures Um, and that and the daily devotion is what you would consider your Bible reading, your engagement with the scriptures. It's like someone who is visiting the scriptures without actually opening their Bible. Uh, and, And maybe... You're the ultra-disciplined, I do a Bible reading plan, and maybe a different plan every year, but I do a Bible reading plan, getting through it, I'm the disciplined Bible reader. Maybe that's who you are. And I don't say any of this to, to make fun of or to condemn anyone because they that kind of, of Bible reader. Um, But what I am wanting to say is I want you to consider reading the Bible systematically. And by systematically, I don't mean reading the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, from start to finish in in one kind of uh, direction. Um, I'm not saying that, even though I hope that 
for all of us in time, we will come to read the whole Bible. Um, what I am saying is that I think it's really good to read the Bible book by book. So the Bibles were written as book. I, I mean, each book in the Bible was written as a book. Think of Paul's letter. They were written to a church to be read as one piece, uh, you know, from start to finish. In one sitting, probably someone would sit down and read Philippians to the church in, in Philippi. And uh, and so, so the books were intended to be read that way and, and I think we we get the most meaning out of the scriptures the most understanding uh, the the best understanding of the big picture of the scriptures when we learn to read the Bible systematically we learn to read it book by book uh, so one of the ways I think we can learn to read the the scriptures systematically is just start at the beginning of a book read to the end. It may take you a week, it may take you a month, but start at the beginning of a book. Make your way through it, get to the end, and then start another book. Some people like to do this. If you've got like two ribbons in your Bible, I know some people like to do this. They put a ribbon in Genesis, they put a ribbon in Matthew, so start of the old and start of the new, and then they just make their way. They keep moving the rhythm along as they read the scriptures, but they're making their way from through book to book to book and and ultimately over time making their way through reading every book of the bible um, so i i would encourage you i think that the best way we can read the scriptures is to to read it systematically to start making our way through books if you don't know which book to, to read. You're wondering which book should I, I start reading? I haven't read too much of, of the Bible. I would say start in the Gospels. Open the Gospels. Mark would probably be a good place for you to start. Put your ribbon in the beginning of, of Mark and start making your way through that book. Take a week, take two weeks, get through that book. Then maybe read Luke, or you can read Acts, or you can start in the Psalms, but start systematically making your way through the scriptures. That way, we get an idea of the meaning that the author intended. We get an idea of the big picture of the letter, the reason why he wrote it. We get a little bit more an uh, idea of the context. We systematically reading through the scriptures helps put some of those big pieces in place. Then fourth, I would say we read the Bible contextually. Um, so what I mean by contextually is we try and read the Bible understanding the context in which that passage that we are reading is, was written. So I like to think of this, the Bible is both timely and timeless. By timely, I mean the Bible was written to a specific group of people at a specific time. But it's also timeless, and that means that the meaning of the scriptures is timeless. It, it uh, translates across all generations and, and all, all times. And so we want to both understand the timeliness of the scriptures. What was God? What was Paul? What was... Uh, David, what was the author of that scripture trying to say at that point to those people? And then also we want to understand um, the, the timelessness of the scriptures, which how does that translate 
here. And to understand that, we have to understand context. Michael Eaton uh, says this, that the best way to understand the scriptures is to understand what it meant to the people who originally heard them. And when we understand that, it helps us to understand the timelessness of the scriptures, what it means to us now. Now, context is often the hardest part, understanding the Bible context. You're like, Jimmy, how do I just read the Bible and understand its context? Well, I think it takes a little bit of thought. It takes a little bit of effort. It also takes a little bit of study. You know, Paul says to Timothy, study to show yourself approved, which means it requires us to engage a little bit deeper, a little bit more intentionally with the scriptures to understand its context. So I like, I've got a few study Bibles um, and uh, and I would recommend a study Bible for, for every person. You can get them online on a Bible app. You can get a physical uh, a version. Um, but a study Bible, and when it's doing its job really well, isn't just telling us what a verse, what we should do with the verse. It's helping us understand the context in which that verse is written or the context in which that uh, book is written. So I've got... a study Bible here. This is one of the ones that I, I like to generally um, you know, keep with me when I'm reading the scriptures. And I think the best part of a study Bible is when you get to the beginning of a study Bible, uh, a, a beginning of, of a, a, a book in a study Bible, like here's the beginning of Proverbs, maybe you can see that. Um, but when you get to the beginning of the book, they have these book introductions. And in these book introductions, it tells you when it was written, who it was written to, who wrote it. Uh, they give you a bit of a context of the day and they help you understand something of the big picture. And I think book introductions are some of the most helpful things that we can do in, uh, in trying to read the, the Bible in a meaningful way because they help us. They understand the context. They help us understand the time in which it was written, why it was written, uh, what possibly the big idea or the purpose of, of it is. And uh, that helps us to read the Bible contextually. So I would encourage you, if, if you've got a, a Bible app, see if there's a study Bible with good book introductions. Maybe you can go and buy one. They're often on sale at, at different uh, uh, stores. Um, but a study Bible is a great resource, not necessarily for the verse notes, but for, I think for the book introductions to give us an understanding of the context. Then, uh, Second to last point on this is we read the Bible prayerfully. So we pray while reading the scriptures or we pray after or we pray before. But we read the Bible not just praying before or after or while, but we read it with an attitude of prayer. And what I mean by that is, is that prayer if the Bible is, as I mentioned two weeks ago in, in the Bible and intimacy, if the Bible is God self-disclosing himself to us, if the Bible is God revealing himself to us, if the Bible is God speaking to us, then, well, then prayer is in many ways our response to God's word. It's, it's the engagement in the conversation. It is God speaking and us engaging with him in prayer. 
Um, and so I think that looks a number of ways from praying, oh God, won't you speak to me? Won't you open my eyes so I may see wonderful things in your word? All the way to praying, God, won't you help me understand this? I don't. To saying sorry, uh, maybe the 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 Bible has opened your eyes to something that you need to change in your life. And prayer can then result in in apology. Or, or maybe the Bible's revealing something about the injustice in society. So prayer can result in petition. Or maybe the, the Bible is revealing uh, something about what we um, need to start engaging with our future. We can pray into our future. Uh, maybe it's revealing something about our own marriage and you realize you haven't done this well. You've, it can result in asking God for help. But we want to read the Bible prayerfully. We want to read the Bible relationally. Prayer, understanding God is speaking to us and we respond in prayer. Um, the Bible is not, as I mentioned up front, just a subject to be mastered. It is a person who is engaging with us in a relational way and we re respond to reading with prayer. And then finally, we want to read the Bible regularly. And uh, I think this this is one of the hardest things we find right now because we're really busy. Um, I think we live in a very distractible world. So reading is, is not something I think a lot of us are used to reading in a deep kind of way. We're very distracted. We're very busy. Um, and so reading the Bible regularly seems like something really difficult. Um, but as we read in Psalm chapter 1, you see the people of God, the people who are engaging with, with God, who are living the God life, are people who engage regularly. It says, um, you know, he meditates on the scriptures day and night, it says in Psalm 1. It means he's engaging uh, with the, the scriptures day and and night. This is like an everyday regular thing we are engaging with, with God's word. Now, you may not be reading the Bible every day. Maybe you don't even read it every week. Maybe uh, you can't remember the last time that you've read it. I'm not here to condemn you for how much Bible reading you've done. And I don't think God is condemning you right now for the, the Bible reading you haven't done. I think what hopefully I can encourage in you right now, and, and I'm sure what God wants to do in us, is he wants to just get us on that journey of becoming more regular at reading the scriptures. Um, and so, so I think one of the ways we meaningfully engage with the scriptures is we read the Bible regularly. Try and read it every day. If you can't read it every day, try and read it as much as as possible. Um, so this is an interesting fact, is if you read the Bible for just six minutes a day, just six minutes, that is one quarter of one sitcom episode on Netflix. So uh, if you imagine watching a sitcom episode, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine or something like that, one quarter of that, if you only read for one quarter of that, six minutes a day, you would finish the whole Bible in two years. That means if you replaced a sitcom episode 
maybe you watch one every day with Bible reading time, you would actually read the Bible in half a year. You'd finish the whole Bible in half a year. We kind of approach the Bible dauntingly thinking it's such a big book, like how are we ever going to finish it? But you realize we finish it by just regularly taking little chunks out of it, reading a bit every single day. And over time, it's we accomplish a lot. Six minutes a day and you'll finish it in two years. 24 minutes a day and, and you'll finish it in six months. Um, and so we that is, I think, one of the ways that we do it. We think of it. I don't have time, but uh, all of us have a little bit of time that we could make um, for reading the scriptures. And then the second thing I would say is about reading the Bible regularly is one of the hard parts of reading the Bible right now is distraction. And so I would encourage you to read the Bible not on your phone. If possible, get a hard copy of the Bible. If you can't, uh, uh, maybe a hard copy of the Bible is too expensive. I get that. Bibles are expensive. Uh, some of the Bibles that I've got have I've been from second-hand bookshops that I've really loved and enjoyed and got Bibles from there and you get them for cheap, like five, ten rand. Um, you go and find a second-hand bookshop or the SPCA or hospice or somewhere that's got like a second-hand store. You can find a, a, a print version of the Bible that you can start making your way through. So the reason why I say that is because when we read on our phones, it's super helpful. So many translations, so much information available. But I mean, you know, if, if you've watched any of those documentaries on social media, they want to grab your attention. So notifications are coming through, a message is coming through, a phone call is coming through. All these things are coming through that are wanting to take you away from engaging with the scriptures. So the phone just isn't a great tool because there's just too many distraction pieces coming in. What I do now, because I'm so prone to that kind of distraction, what I do now is when I wake up in the morning, I leave my phone in another room. It stays on its charge. It's in another room, completely separate from where I go. I'm So my kind of routine looks like this. I read, uh, I leave my phone, I go, I brew my mokabak coffee. Um, uh, while I'm doing that, I'm maybe praying uh, a bit, engaging with God in, in that kind of way. I, f I get my Bible, it's notebook, pen, I put it all on the table that I'm going to do, take my coffee and I, s I sit down. I've got no phones now, no technology, no kind of distractions from this space. And then I begin to read the, the scriptures. And I found that's one of the best ways that I've found, you might have a different way, uh, to not allow distractions from getting in my way. Maybe whenever you try and read the scriptures, another form of distraction is the to-do list, the things that you need to do. I found another thing that I do is helpful is I've got my to-do list kind of notebook next to my other notebook. And whenever I think of something that I need to do, I just write it in there and then I close it like, well, I can do that later. It's, it's on, on my list. Um, so, so that I don't allow those kind of distractions from um, impacting my regular Bible reading time. But 
that's it, don't spend too long on this, is how can we read the Bible? How do we read the Bible? Well, the six points that I've said is we read them humbly, thoughtfully, systematically, contextually, prayerfully, and regularly. And I, I want to close with this, is how do we live out the Bible? I think this is the hardest part and certainly cannot do justice to to that question here how we live out the bible i think is the study of our lives you know over and over and over every day i think we're asking that question how can we become more and more like jesus and uh, it's a journey it's a process that that is too difficult uh, uh, a question to give a full comprehensive systematic answer right now but I want to mention three questions we can ask of ourselves every time we meaningfully read the scriptures, every time we engage with the scriptures that I think can help us live out uh, the, the message, help us can do what Jesus said. Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, uh, uh, three questions we can ask is what is the Bible telling me to think? Or how is the Bible impacting what I think about? So asking it, what do I need to change? What in my thinking needs to change uh, to become in alignment uh, with the scriptures? Maybe it's you, you're reading on, on how James deals with the poor uh, or James deals with the hungry and all of a sudden you're engaging with the scriptures in that kind of way and you go, yo, I need to change my view of class structures or I need to change my view of those who are poor. Um, maybe it is that you're reading Genesis chapter 1 and it's talking about us being created in the image of God. And so it's beginning to change your identity, the way that you think about yourself. Maybe you're reading about the revelation of God's sovereignty and it's changing the way you think about God's control in, in the world. But we want... The one of the ways that we practically begin to live out the scriptures is allow it to change our thinking, to align our thinking in accordance with what it is saying. And then the second thing is we ask the Bible to change our loves or change our affections, change what, what it is that we love. So we're reading the scriptures and we're asking, what are these scriptures saying that I should love or that I shouldn't love? Um, and so while reading the scriptures, maybe you read the greatest command and you realize, wow, God is calling me to love him and to love my neighbor. And so, so you, you now realize, wow, I've been loving things too much. God is wanting to align my loves, my affections towards God, towards people. Um, uh, and because you've loved your PlayStation or you've loved fashion or, or this or that too much. And uh, so the Bible is changing what it is that you should love. Or maybe you're reading about how God is dealing with uh, things that, that are unjust and you're realizing, yo, I should not love certain things. I should not love certain uh, idols or actions that are hurtful uh, to my relationship with 
God. Um, so it changes our, uh, it should be changing not just what we think, but changing what we love, changing our affections. And then finally, we start to live out the scriptures when we allow, ask the question of what should we do? Not just what should we think, not just what should we love, but what should we do? What should we what is the scripture telling me to do maybe that I'm not doing or telling me not to do that I currently am doing? So what kind of actions, not just how is this scripture changing my thinking or how is it changing my loves, but what kind of actions is it asking me to do? Um, and uh, so that may be like, yo, I should be more generous. I'm just not generous. And I feel like I need to go and give something. So you go and do that. Maybe it's uh, you. I see I should be um, attending church, uh, which you can't right now. So but you, you're watching this, but you think I, I need to be regularly going to church. I've read that. And that's something that I should be doing. I should be, um, you know, you know, giving generously should be uh, being kind, I should be being joyful, whatever it is, you know, that, that it is that we feel like we should be doing something with. And yes, the, the, the interesting dynamic of, of this is that we think that that process is linear. If I just, if I allow the Bible to change my thinking, it will change my love, so it will change my actions. But it's not always like that. I think it, it's it's a little bit mixed. Sometimes it's our thinking that changes, which changes our affections, which changes our our actions. Sometimes it's our affections that change, which affect our thinking, which affect our actions. And sometimes it's our actions that we just change to be obedient, that begin to change our loves and change our thinking. I think of it like this. Some people have really bad experiences with church. And uh, so maybe they've had a bad experience. And whenever they think about how could I love the church? You know, I can't, I can't get over this bad experience. Whenever I think of the church, I think of it as, as just a bad kind of place. Um, but they read the scriptures and maybe you feel compelled, like I need to go to church. I need to get involved with the community. So you go and find uh, a church. You're just doing it because you feel like that's what you need to do. And uh, and then sometimes in that very act of obedience, you find a community that's representing something of God that loves you, that's kind. It begins to change your love for the place. It begins to change your thinking about the place. So sometimes we just need to change our actions. Sometimes we need to allow God to change our loves because we love some things too much or not other things enough. Sometimes we just need to allow God to change our thinking. Um, so the Bible in practice. What, what is the questions that I think we've, I've tried to answer and hopefully helped you a little bit along, the, along that way is how do we read the Bible? Um, and the other question is how do we live it out. And uh, the interesting thing that we find when we go through church history is we find that every time the church has come back to reading the Bible in a meaningful way, the church has been renewed. It's begun to live out the message of the gospel in a deeper, more powerful way. 
kind of way. There is this connection between the reading of the scriptures, engaging with that, and the living of the scriptures. And we have, over the last while, talked quite philosophically about the Bible. The Bible in authority, the Bible in intimacy, the Bible in spiritual renewal. We've, we've talked quite philosophically, getting trying to give us an idea of the scriptures and why they're important. But my hope is that now we would practically go and regularly engage with the scriptures and as we regularly engage with them that that would begin to change our thinking and our affections and our actions so that we begin to live them can i pray for us harbor city father i just pray for for harbor city i pray for for everyone who is listening to this message right now I think there will be a lot in their way uh, of them trying to read the scriptures, whether it's distractions, uh, whether it's just the, the busyness of, of life, whether it's the intimidation of how small the writing is on the page or how big, big the book seems, or maybe it's a, a passage that they've read that they just haven't understood and so just feel intimidated by it. But whatever it is that is putting us off from reading and meaningfully engaging with it i pray lord that you would deal with those things and help us won't you help us won't you do as the psalmist says open up our eyes so that we can see the wondrous things that are in your word won't you help us lord to to find the time to regularly engage with the scriptures if someone doesn't have a bible lord won't you help them get one um, and then for all of us lord as we meaningfully engage with the text i pray that the word that the power comes from your, you through your scriptures would begin to change how we think what we love and how we live how we act in jesus name Amen. Thank you, Harvest City. God bless.